Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown ambition. I wish, like, just for this part, one day you have to give me the login to the, um, to the brown ambition IG manager because I need for them to see, like, this, just that part, like, just how much soul I put into my body for them. Like, when I, one when day, I say, you know, you have the logins. So I, do know. I? I don't even remember. <laughs> I know you don't remember, but you have them. You could find them. They're somewhere in the the middle earth that is Google Drive. (laughs) How are you? Just trying to stay alive in this world. I mean, I cannot believe we're... It feels like we've gone back in time and we're at the beginning of March again when, when the world was ending. And I'm just like, how is America still not putting on a damn face mask? Oh, America. It's sad. It's real, real sad. Um, but let's see. Some bright spots have happened. Uh, last week, I talked about we we had a um, a, pri- a general primary, not a general election primary, but a primary in our in New York mm-hmm. last week. And Mondaire Jones was this. Uh, he was running for uh, a congressional seat, and he won. And he could potentially be, if he wins in November, the election, the first openly black LGBTQA member of Congress, which would be amazing. So I would just like to, in honor of Pride Month, and I think today is National Pride Day, I'm not sure exactly, just honor Mondaire Jones. And he's from our county, he's from our town. And I saw him speak at a Black Lives Matter rally a couple weeks ago near our house. And he was really, I mean, he's just a great speaker and I'm I'm so proud of him and so excited. I think I saw, I think I saw that that post and I think not post but like I think I saw that story on on Facebook and I was like yes the people are speaking they are speaking the at the polls and I love it I actually got a text the other day that I was really um grateful for because I you know I moved to this house uh, last year and then I because up until literally last year my address was still quote unquote my parents house even though I've moved several times between moving out of home moving away from home. I just never felt like any place I lived was home enough to have my address. And so um, I I got my my license in this address and I just thought to myself here in Newark and I thought, wait, am I registered? And sure enough, when I was thinking it, I got this text saying, how are you registered to vote? Not sure. Check here. And I did check and I am registered to vote here in Newark. So I'm like, yes, I'm ready because our primaries are coming up very soon. In a Fabulous. couple of weeks. So, um, and uh, Superman has been registered because he's born and raised here and he votes. And so I'm just excited because I'm like, yes, this will be my first time voting in Newark. I know exactly where to go in Westfield, where my parents live, but I'll have to do my Googles to see where I go here. Um, so, yeah, I just, 
I feel hopefully that change going to come and it's going to come through these votes that if we can go out to March for Black Lives Matter, we certainly obviously can go out to the polls and I believe that we will do so. Even in our area, it felt, I mean, this was our first time living here and actually voting in a, a primary election. And, but the crowd was insane. And my neighbor, Miss Paulette, hey, Miss Paulette, who probably has no idea how podcasts work or what they are, but she's amazing. She's a Jamaican immigrant and she, oh, I love her so much. And she, I call her my little auntie. She told me she's a, um, oh crap, what are those people? She's been certified to um, administer like, what do you call them? They're the people who are the board of elections hire to be there at the polls. And uh, anyway, she's one of those people and she's been trained and certified. And there was this huge dearth of these people who have been certified this year. Like they just didn't have enough. And so they, they dramatically decreased the number of polling places. And you're seeing this across the country too. But she told me that she really saw a difference this year in the number of youth, young people who were coming out fresh out of high school, you know, 18 first election. And that gives me a lot, a lot of hope. So youth have to get out there and vote. And you're absolutely right. If you've got cousins or young people who are angry and out there protesting, I think this is, you know, this is the next step people have got got to vote um so that gives me some hope yes. you know if we survive the rona then maybe we can make some change this november if we if we get there let's make it y'all yes we gotta survive the rona my 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 the rona um yeah right. for those of you too young there's like my sharona i'm not really sure what that means anyway I don't um, think anyone who listens to us is too young for that. Okay? <laughs> Some people may be. In other news. Yes. He, uh, well, I've, we've both been going on our own mortgage journey yes. recently. Do you so. notice, wait, sidebar, that we go on journeys at similar times? Jeez. Married similar times? How similar times? You know, it's just my turn to have a baby. And then we'll be mad. We'll be twinsies. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, just, you know, what are you ugly? Let me know. Um, you never know. Like, so, but mortgage rates have been going down, 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 down since January. I remember back in January or February starting to get, starting to get that, like, through the fog of my postpartum craziness being like, should we be refinancing? Mortgage rates are going down. Cut to six months later. And I finally ran out of excuses in terms of like, I don't have the bandwidth, but rates were still going down. They hit historic lows, sub 3% last week. And finally, I got my stuff together and started my mortgage refinance journey. So our our goal with more, with doing the mortgage refinance, which was different than yours, Tiffany, was to reduce our monthly payment and to get a lower rate. Because we got our mortgage a couple years ago and our rate was 4.4%, I think. And that was, you know, one, the best rate you can get at the time. Um, I was able to, and I did some shopping and just my experience doing shopping, like I got to tell you guys. First of all, it's a lot of work mm -hmm. and they should be a lot more patient with people who are trying to refinance right now in the middle of a freaking pandemic because it's when do you have the time? Like I had I, I've been talking to these two companies, like going back and forth with each other for the past maybe four weeks, you know, a half hour conversation here, a 20 minute conversation there. I'm telling you, it's actually a pretty good negotiating tactic like my own lack of availability, because how many times have I been told this rate's going to expire tonight? Yes. This rate's only going to be good through the weekend. Mm. I'm like, well, sorry, I forgot. And how about that rate? Oh, actually, it's gotten better. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got that, too. I was like, ooh, right? you, yes, ooh, um, I can't promise, you know. And my thank goodness for Angelie, my um, my financial planner. She's like, girl, the, the economy's in shambles. They're not raising rates anytime soon. If anything, they're likely to go down. Let Tell them to settle down. Yeah, exactly. You can't be pressured. So 
your journey was different because you were doing a cash out refi, mm-hmm. which is when you refinance um, and then you take out money from your equity. So they give you money like cash in your pocket that you can use for whatever purpose. Mm-hmm. So what's what's going on with yours? Because I locked in my rate last week and I'm almost across the finish line. And what was your rate? Oh, 2.875 is our interest rate in the APR, which is inclusive of fees and, and other costs and stuff is 2.9. That's great. So my, so I don't know if a cash out refi is different as far as rates. Like, you know, like, you know, sometimes certain things you're doing, like, for example, um, like, um, if I'm, if I was renovating my, like my home, like my, uh, like, uh, an investment property rates are going to be higher because they're like, oh, this is considered, uh, like a construction loan. So I wonder, but anyway, my rate that had locked in was 3.25. But like I said, I don't know if that's, different because um, of a, if I was doing a cash out refi. It's that. It's also, I mean, there's so many, it's, it's, it's how much you're borrowing can influence your rate. It's where you live. I mean, it's hard. You can't really compare apples to apples talking mm-hmm. to someone else because you can't just, you can't like replicate the exact same variables, especially if you're in different states. So don't, yeah. You, you know what's the best rate if you shop and you compare. Exactly. And I That's did. And honestly, know. that was the best rate that I, I think I was like, it was like three or four feet people we kind of went through, and that was the um, uh, the best rate. And plus two, like I said, our my my credit score and Superman's credit score. Mine is like a I think like a eight oh seven or something like that, and he's like a a seven ninety or something to that effect. So great credit. We had all the things. So I was gung ho. My plan was the house we purchased cash, we renovated it cash, so we you know we don't have any mortgage. So I was like, you know what, we've got money sitting in the house. What if we pull it out? And then activate it, like, you know, invest it. We, we are working on um, renovating a second property that we purchased, um, that $10,000 tax deed we bought from the city. And so it, uh, the renovation, um, it's like one fifty because it's like a, it was basically a tear down, but it's a small one family. And for one fifty, we'll get it like really like awesome. And it'll be worth about two twenty five, two fifty by the time we're done. So I was like, oh, we'll pull it out. We could put some toward that and some other things. Um, but the process has taken longer than I thought. And I didn't like the number that came back when we had the uh, appraiser come to the house. Although that's not super critical, only because we're not selling. We were just refinancing. But what really kind of like grinded my gears, if you will, is they were like, I'd made a large deposit into my savings account. I guess the one that that I put down as this is where I'm getting the money from. Or this is like to prove like, I don't know, I guess we have money. Um, you know, and so I made a large deposit because what happens is like, I would say I I do this thing called, I call that my allocations and I usually do them monthly. Whereas I get paid for my company in two ways. I get paid a salary, which is honestly fairly low. And then I also get an owner's draw. So the owner's draws when everything is said and done, we pay all the bills, we set aside for taxes, we set aside for savings. We said, we said, we said, we said what's left. I, as an owner will draw you know, either some, all, whatever, what's left after all, everything is paid. And so the owner's draws can add up. And so what happened was I had not allocated my owner's draws for months just because I've just been so busy. So it was like a a few, not a few, but tens of, it was $32,000 to be all the way transparent. Y'all know I like numbers, but it was for months. It wasn't like for one month. So it was Mm -hmm. $32,000 because it had been, I had not done, I think I I think I had not done allocation since like December. So it was just sitting, sitting, sitting. And I was like, oh, you know, I haven't made this transfer, collected all of 
my owner's draw money that was sitting in my checking account. And I was like, I'm going to put it in my, my savings. And they were like, doot, doot, red flag. Where'd you get this money from? I was like, oh, yeah. I have a business, as you know, because I filled out the paperwork. Here, it came from my business. Show us. So I showed how the business deposited money in my my um my my big bank account um Wells Fargo which I'm leaving but don't judge me but Wells Fargo and how I transferred that Wells Fargo money to my Ally account which is the account that the bank has on like you know on their list or whatever and they were like hmm yes not good enough would like to see all your business records from the last I'm like what. It, <sighs> underwriting is no joke right what? now. I, right, that's what? I, yes. So honestly, today I was thinking about it and I said to myself, self, because so the, the house came back um, um, appraised at uh, 390, which to me it's 10 to $20,000 low, but whatever. And um, the intention was to pull out uh, 285. And I was like, huh. So I just was really thinking, I said, so it was going to leave us with a mortgage of about $1,200 a month because because we don't have a mortgage now, we pay taxes out of pocket every quarter and we pay insurance um, out of pocket. I just pay the insurance in a lump sum um, for the year. So mm-hmm. 1200 is the reason why. That's why that that um, our mortgage is so low because it doesn't include taxes and insurance, which most mortgages include. So 1200 is not an amount that is a stress on our, our, our financial budget. But I thought I'm going to pull out 285 and the way the business is going, I'm going to see that money back in a few months plus some change. So why again am I pulling it out to have a more, you know what I mean? I just, so I called Angelie, who's my financial planner. And I said, hey, Angelie, because even when I told her about the cash out refi and what did she think? She was like, um, okay. But she's like, I know how you feel about debt. You sure? And I was like, yes, because I can put that money to work and it's cheap. And she was like, okay. So when I told her today, I said, I don't know, something about them asking for like my life's blood for proof just irritated me. And I don't think I want to do it. And she's like, honestly, Tiffany, it's not bad or good. Like you certainly can just, you know, in, um, you know, the next six months actually put that an amount of money toward, toward, you know, your investment strategy that we've set aside for you, or you can pull it out now and then kind of pay it back to yourself over time. But she's like, you don't need to, you know, if you're if you're not feeling comfortable. Um, so I decided I didn't, I, I have to write my mortgage guy. I'm sure she'll, he'll be thrilled, but I'm not going to do the cash out refi. Um, I did pay for the appraisal, but whatever. Do you think it was a little bit of the, because I think there's so much, like people are talking about how low rates are and there's a little bit of like, it's like kind of like you're missing out on a sale. Yes. You know? Do you think that was a little bit behind the reason too for y'all, for you kind of going for this? Because I don't, because I also felt like the peer pressure. Everyone's at, everyone at work is talking, especially at my company, Lending Tree. You know, mm. we're all about mortgage. <laughs> um, so I have been like, I mean, I talked to my mortgage team, and they're all excited about it, and you know, and and that got me. But luckily, I didn't have time to get around to it for like a, a long time. It was a mix. It was it was that, and I'm not gonna lie, it was the market. I was like, ah, am I missing out? Because I thought to myself, in six months, who knows what the market's gonna do? Am I missing out on like the market deals now? So I can put this money to work now, you know, even though mm-hmm. Angelie likely wasn't gonna just throw that amount of money into the market. She was going to like do some dollar cost averaging and like, you know, put money in regularly. Just at larger lump sums. Oh, okay. So I missed that. So you were gonna take money out from your equity. 
and then you were going to invest it, mm-hmm. like put it in the market. Because oh, I okay. figured that like, okay. well, if I borrow at 3.25%, I can certainly make more than 3.25 in the market. This money's being wasted sitting in the house. Okay. So now I'm stressed. Now I'm like, okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see? I was like, yes, wait. Yes, I, and if, so, yeah, it makes sense if you have the tolerance for it, but you trusted your gut, it sounds like. Yeah. And you know, I mean, man, they we're on the same page about debt. Don't nobody want that. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, Tiffany. And it's one thing to know intellectually that average stock market return of seven, eight percent. But then it's like it's the stomach. Can your stomach yes. take the risk, you know? And yeah. also, too, there's something that I like about and that's what Angelie said, which I re- that's why I like her as my financial planner, because she she leaves room for, you know, the part of me that is like, okay, I know technically this makes sense, but Tiffany, she asked like several times, I know how you feel about debt. I know how you like the safety of the fact that your house is paid off because you did lose your house during the last recession. Are you going to be okay with that? And Mm -hmm. I was like, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Millions and millions of people do this all the time. I can do it. I know. And then I started to think about it and I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be okay with that because I just, you know, the last recession did shake me to the core and it's okay to admit that, yes, um, technically, is there a better place for my money? Yes, but it's not the worst thing, you know, not to jump into the market right now. And the truth is I am putting a significant amount toward, it's just, it won't be a lump sum. It'll just be, and the truth is Angelie wasn't going to take the whole lump sum and throw it to the market at one time. She was going to employ dollar cost averaging, which is when you put in consistently put in basically during the same time um, a month, like maybe it's twice a month or the fifth and the sixth or the, or just once a month, but you basically put money in at the same time every month and you can increase the amount. Um, but basically what you're doing is you, you dollar cost averaging versus timing the market. People time the market, like I put money in now because the market is low. It's, it's, it's going to pop tomorrow. You don't know for sure if you time the market, if you're going to be at the right time. But with dollar cost averaging, if you put your money in on the 15th of every month, there are going to be some times that you get the market when it's low. There'll be some times you get the market when it's high. And on average, you will get the average return by by nature of just, just consistently putting your money in around the same time every month. And so she was going to do that anyway. So I was like, well, why give her a lump sum if she's going to be putting aside like do dollar cost averaging with this lump sum when I can just then give her the amount of what that would be monthly anyway. And so, and then feel safer about, you know, not having a mortgage. So yeah, I made that decision today and it was a, it was a, it was a good one, but definitely refinancing right now. If you're interested, if you can save 1% or um, one, yeah, 1%, 2%, a friend of mine refinanced, she's saving 400 bucks a month. That's, that's not a small change. Oh, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And I want to, so let me, so that's a really great story. And I think Tiffany, it, I mean, that's so much of who you are and, and, and your ethos is around not owing money and, you know, being debt-free. And I'm glad that you stuck to what makes you comfortable because you can still win. It's just a different way of winning. You don't have to do it everyone else's way. So I'm proud of you. Let's look, look at you saying no to the banks. <laughs> yeah. Also, I kind of feel like when you had to answer to a bank, it just got, it ruffled you because, I mean, you built your own company, so you don't have to answer to anybody. Like, you're the boss. And now they're trying to tell you to show your work. And you're like, how, I, I kind of feel like this was you, rem- like a reminder that, okay, this is why I don't owe anybody anything. I'm the, I'm the GD budget nista and I'm debt free just a little bit. Am I projecting or is that part of it too? 
No, I just, honestly, I'm still trying to work through my working from a place of fear. And so I need, I realized financially, I need to feel safe more than I need to feel wealthy. Like that doesn't move mm. me because to me, wealthy, rich, that's subjective and that can go at any time. I don't care about that. You know, I care about security and safety. And I realized that in the quest for like, oh, I'm going to put this money to work. It's going to make me my returns. I'm like, yeah, girl, but is that how you're going to, is that going to help you sleep at night? Knowing you're making 7% on money that you've borrowed from 3%? No. What's going to make you sleep well at night is knowing that your house is paid off and that you are working towards your goals, but slow and steady. And so, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's only something wrong when it, you know, it really does start to hinder you. Like before I met Angelique, when I was just saving everything, I had like four years worth of savings in my savings account. And I knew, girl, this doesn't make any sense. This money is literally losing its value year after year. So that I knew, so that although it adhered to my sense of safety, I know I knew I'd gone too extreme with it. And so I'm still, you know, I'm trying to balance and manage that feeling. But yeah, I definitely don't feel like badass budgetista. I feel like, uh, anybody trying to be homeless. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. So I, opposite today, I finally finished my paperwork and uh, got to the next step in the underwriting process. So like I said, we were aiming to reduce our rate. We had a 4.375. We were able to secure a 2.952 APR. That The interest rate was 2.875. So, and I want to, and I want to talk about this because my parents are, my mom and my stepdad are also trying to refinance right now. And they just bought their house less than a year ago, but that's how different the rates are today. And they actually were approached by a lender. Like they didn't even go out to shop for a mortgage refi. Lenders are straight up, oh, you can save this much on your rate. I'm going to actively call and recruit people because they know that everyone's talking about this and they're trying to get new customers. Because even if rates are really low, that means the borrowing is cheap for us, but the banks still make hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the size of your mortgage over those 30 years that you're going to carry it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've also seen some people who have, you know, if you've owned your home for a lot longer, it may work out for you because rates tend to be lower for a 15-year mortgage if you refinance into a 15-year loan and then, you know, reduce your rate and all that. So there's a, there's a bunch of different strategies when it comes to refinance. But in our particular case, it was about lowering the rate, lowering our monthly mortgage costs. And I started my journey through my company. It's called LendingTree. We're a, a marketplace where you can shop and compare rates for different loans. And so I was like, let me use my own company. And LendingTree matched me with two, uh, two lenders. The best negotiating strategy is to at least get two quotes, two at a minimum. I stuck with two because it's all I freaking had time for. So very quickly, I had the loan estimate and the loan estimate is all you need. And this is what I was trying to tell my mom about. My mom is like, she was on the phone with them for 30 minutes. And I was like, just get to the chase. Like, they need your credit. Give, check your credit and they can give you a loan estimate. They just need a few pieces of information. You know, it's it's very quick. You don't need to waste your time going through a long business pitch from the loan officer. All you need just is like, give me the loan estimate. Take my info. Yeah, yeah. Run my credit. It's fine give me a loan estimate because that is a document that's standardized now as a result of the last housing crisis and the uh, formation of the CFPB. Every lender has to give you a loan estimate, which is going to have your rate. It's going to have estimated closing costs, and you can side-by-side -side compare one offer to another offer. 
funnily enough, I sent each, I sent them each each other's offer and they wanted to get me on the phone, but genuinely because I just didn't have time for more phone calls. I was like, give me your email address. I'm going to just email this attachment to you. Here's their offer. I'm not playing any games here. You know, I'm shopping. And as soon as I told them I was shopping, I feel like I cut through so much bullshit because mm. they just knew, okay, let's just come with our best and final, you know? I'm like, and I'm like, it also helps having a screaming baby in the background. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying to borrow someone's baby, but it worked for me when we were negotiating our car lease. And it kind of worked for this whole mortgage thing too, because they don't want to hear that baby in the background for a long time. Um, so I was like, oh, the baby is napping. Oh my God. Um, the baby's crying, yada, yada, yada. So I just had them kind of go back and forth with each other. And over the course of like I said, it was like four weeks. For me, it was really about not letting them tell me whose timeline I was going to go by. Because even like, even when he said, oh, you need to like lock in your rate by, I talking to him on a Friday, oh, lock in your rate by Monday at 9 a.m. And I would, that deadline would come and go because I was just busy feeding the baby. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Jack, uh, is that rate still good? He's like, oh, actually, we're able to knock off another half a percentage point. Oh, oh neat. miracle. Yeah, miracle on miracles, because rates change minute by minute, yes. day by day. So even like, you know, they can tell you that the rates, they don't know what the market's going to do. So they really, you know, yes, rates can go up and you can get caught. But it's like Tiffany said, right now, they, they're not, they may be going up like a little bit. And every day is a little bit different, but it's not so crazy and volatile that you really are going to miss out entirely if you sleep on it, you know. So I'm glad we stuck to our guns in that way. And we're going to, hopefully we're going to get this thing refinanced and save some money. Ultimately, I think we're going to save like 200 and um, uh, almost $300 a month off our mortgage payment. Yes, Which that's is awesome. real nice. Which is real nice. One thing I was thinking of doing, though, is if you pre- if I pretended like I never got a lower mortgage payment and I just kept paying that extra, yeah. you know, two whatever a month, it would help us pay the loan down faster. So I'm thinking if I... Yeah, if I, if we just keep doing that, it would save us so much down the down the line. Just an extra couple hundred dollars a month, you know. But of course, if you need that money for whatever other reasons, it's great to have that money back in your pocket. No, it is honestly that it I mean that can just make the difference between somebody being able to make their payment or not, you know. So I just, whew, I think that it's just such an interesting time when it comes it's to a, like mortgages. Mm-hmm. It's stressful, but I also just want to reiterate. If you don't have the time or the energy to really shop at, I mean, minimum two, but hopefully three um, lenders, you know, a credit union, an online bank, a traditional bank, whatever. If you don't have time to compare and shop rates, then you don't have time to just just don't bother because that is the best way to get a good deal. And even if you use a marketplace like LendingTree or you do it on your own, you just call the banks yourself or, or you apply online, do yourself that favor and let them know you're shopping and make them compete for your business because that is ultimately how you get the best deals, hands down. All okay. right. That's enough about my damn mortgage, right? No. I mean, I think that's because like, I, truthfully, it's one of the biggest things that people ask me right now. My mortgage, my mortgage, my mortgage, because I, I, I we are at a record. I was I can't remember the number, but the amount of people that missed their mortgage payment. So I think there, it, there's really no, mm. no more timely uh, conversation than your mortgage. So, well, I'm gonna. Well, if that's the case, because mortgage missing your mortgage payment, there there are lenders have um, 
do have mortgage forbearance options. So that's where you can put your mortgage payment on pause if you're dealing with some kind of hardship. Um, and I'll include a link to our guide to mortgage forbearance because one thing that people don't realize is it's not like you never owe that money. They just say, okay, well, you know, you can skip the next couple mortgage payments, but then all that money is going to be due in three months or four mm -hmm. months. So it can be helpful, but you should know the risks and the pros and cons. And on top of that, there's other ways to get um, some mortgage relief, and especially in light of COVID. So I'll, um, we can put a link to that article in the show notes for folks. And yeah, if you guys have questions about, you know, if you're struggling, you're, you're not making your mortgage payment or whatnot, um, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Hopefully we can help you guys out. I haven't gotten any questions from folks about that quite yet. Okay. Well, what questions did we get? See, you see what I did there? No, I see what you did. Let's <laughs> take a quick break and I'll come back and I'll tell you. <laughs> Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Let's go to our reader questions. Again, you guys can hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com, old school, or you can go to Instagram. We're at brownambitionpodcast on the gram, or sorry, on Insta. Is that what the kids say? <laughs> uh, you can send us a DM there and we'll try to get to your question. I pulled from our email today and let me see. We have, oh, this actually came through Insta and email. I saw this. This is a cool question because I had never heard of this, Tiffany, but I hear that you might. Okay. So this listener who wants to remain anonymous says, hi, ladies. Have you ever heard of Susu? Yes. My sister friend presented this to me. Have you heard of Susu? Is it like a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme? No. What do I, you guys think? So, well, somebody just actually emailed me this. So Susu is, I used to think it because I was a kid, I, I heard it all the time. So I thought it was like an Igbo word or a Nigerian word, but it's not. Apparently a lot of um, West Indians use the same word. So Susu is a round robin with your money. I'm not sure where it originated from, but a lot of um, immigrant um, folks do Susu. My parents still do Susu. So what it is, uh, Mandy, is that it's, I'll give just an example how it can work. Like when my parents first came here, it was just 10 families and everybody put in 50 bucks a month and they would rotate who would get that pot of 50. So you're not making any money. You're not losing any money. You're just, the money is just passing hands. And so um, my parents were in a suit for the, like the last 30 something years. So it's the same for, for 
typical susus that are done in this way, it's a group of people that know each other because the community holds you accountable. So because if you do a susu with strangers, somebody could just take your money and go. But like for us, it was actually also too with lots of immigrants, it's very, it's a very social activity in that with Susu, when it was your turn to receive the money, you would actually host us, the family. So this is how I came to know like some of my cousins. I thought they were my real cousins and aunts and uncles because that's what we were made to call everyone, not realizing until we were older that you're not related by blood. But we would go every every um, month, we would go to a different house and that would be the house that was receiving the Susu money. And But we would eat and we would dance and the kids would play. It was very social. And it was awesome. And so, but it was a way that they started to start building like, you know, one, it was like, oh, it went from 50 bucks, then to a hundred, then 500 to a thousand. So I remember, I think at one point it might have even been 2000, where it was a thousand to the Susu and a thousand to an investment. Um, My dad was in charge of it since he was a CFO. So he would take the money and they actually created an investment club, which was awesome. So no, Susus are not um, by nature or by design, uh, pyramid schemes, because there is no pyramid in that you don't have to bring someone in in order to receive your money. It's the same group of people. But I, I told, like I told the woman who emailed me asking about Susu, is that to me, the best Susus work with the people that you intimately know. Meaning yeah. like, you know, this is my Trust. family. Exactly. Like, like I said, we did the susu, like we're coming to your house. So it'd be really weird if like you just ate at our house and all of a sudden you, you know, you're gone when it's time for us to eat at your house. You know what I mean? Like the community really keeps you honest. So that's what I say, because I've seen online susus now. There's like actually like websites and things, but I'm not doing a susu with unknowns because, you know, it just, you could easily just not get your money back. So yeah, at its core and, and how it was designed, susus are are perfectly safe and actually great ways for collective um, economics to work in a community. But, you know, any like anything, it can be turned into a scam if the wrong people get involved. Yeah, and be very careful. And it sounds like there's probably no protections like you did with a regular bank account, like where you have FDIC insurance and exactly you're covered. Yeah, so be careful. Um, it sounds interesting, though. I mean, it also sounds like it sounds like the core of so many small communities where it's just communities helping each other, which is kind of beautiful to me. It is. I love honestly. that concept. It's like barn raising, like, you know, in like, um, like, uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch, how they, you know, they do barn raising together and they, or they have people used to have rent parties. And so it's very reminiscent of like that old school, like you said, Mandy, communities taking care of each other because they, they didn't have access to loans and, and, and yeah. funds and things like that. So, you know, it, but that's why it was great because it was like, you live here. So if you're going to rob the person, uh, we're going to see you at church next week and your kids are go to go to school with my kids. So you there's no place really to run and hide um, in, in that instance. Yeah. All right. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, well, hopefully that was that answered your question. I'm pretty sure it's probably the same person. She was like, let me hit up every <laughs> point of communication. <laughs> Love that persistence. <laughs> All right. I learned something new today. And that's Susu, S-O-U-S-O-U. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take another question. This listener wants to go by the name Autumn. I love the show and I can't get enough of it. You ladies are heaven to listen to. As you're both people managers, I'd like your opinion for a manager's perspective if this gets read on the show. It is. Hello. You made it. Autumn, you're here. Okay. She says, I am a black female in my late 20s working in IT in Atlanta. I've made bad choices in who I work for, not doing enough research, but also not really knowing what cultural fit meant to me. 
I have lately been wanting to focus on settling in at a company long term. However, I work at a very young company right now and I've been here for two years. It's an intense place where people never stop. After two years, I've been filtering out recruiting offers and I found a great company that's a great culture fit doing what I enjoy and I've accepted an offer. Here's the thing. I don't like giving notice until all the paperwork is in, but that usually takes a week, leaving me with less than two weeks notice, which is, isn't abnormal here at my company, to be honest. My questions are, I've rarely left with less than two weeks notice. My last company, I gave a whole month due to respect for my team and the company. Would you feel disrespected or agitated at a short notice leave? Is there really such thing as a positive perception after a short notice exit? Um, yada, yada, yada. I hope this wasn't too long. Thank you and best. Autumn. Mm -hmm. This is a good question. It is very good. So tell me your genuine reaction. So you have someone working in your team two years. Mm -hmm. They give you a week's notice before they leave. What would your honest reaction be? I would be pissed. <laughs> okay. Because especially as like, it sounds like that company is similar to my, well, we know we're not two years old, but you know what I mean? That when you are a small company, we're not like some big conglomerate, like you're here because we need you. You know, we don't mm -hmm. have like, oh, this is just a filler position. Who has filler money? So if unless you are like sick or, you know, something like that, obviously, but or something happened like to a family member. But if you were just to be like found a new job, be gone in a week, I'd be pissed because we need you. And, um, you know, at least two weeks to adjust, to figure who is going to be taking on some of your role. Maybe, you know, I would ask like, ah, you know, could you help train someone that I, that we have in mind? You know what I mean? It just doesn't give us time to shift and adjust. So uh, yeah, aside from you, you know, leaving because, you know, health, safety, family, something like that, I would not be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. I would be annoyed. I'm annoyed anytime someone leaves because it's just more work, you know? I was like, oh, you got to find someone else. You got to recruit unless there's someone ready to take over. Um, it's a hassle. At the same time, I and I, I really, so as a manager, yes, I agree with Tiffany. I would be annoyed. But I think you can, I understand your hesitation too because it is smart to wait until you've got the job offer in writing, you've passed the background check, and all that has happened before you quit your current job. I would ask you if you can ask your new employer to give you an extra week because mm -hmm. out of respect to your company, you know, just tell them you need to give them two weeks notice. So you need a later start date. I'm guessing that they would give you that extra week if they're very excited to have you. So I would go with that first. If they absolutely say, no, you must start at X, Y date, then that makes your explanation to your company a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. And I'll also say that even though I've been annoyed and people have given me less than two weeks and I've looked at the calendar and been like, this is 11 days, not 14. <laughs> um, I have. And I've gone to HR like, rah, 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 what if they just, but it's not two weeks and we can't do anything about it. It's not like, you know, in your employment, what's the HR speak? Your employment is at will, yes. which is our, you know, our will to want you here and your will to be here. Mm -hmm. So we can't actually, you know, like slavery is abolished, believe it or not. So we cannot force you to stay. So, you know, there, there's nothing we can really do about it. Um, and if, and so, but my thing is like, so can you get the extra week? But if this job is so great and you're really excited about it, and that's just the way the cookie has crumbled, you know, just do it. Mm -hmm. um, try to do it in the most respectful way that you can except that you may annoy some people mm -hmm. as I have done many times in my life and career and be okay with that. Yep. They will get over it. And hopefully you were such a great employee that time will go on and they will think fondly about you. 
Yeah. And I just, you know, to Mandy's point that, yeah, I mean, you at the end of the day, you're supposed to do what's best for you. Um, but just being also because here's the thing. You want to be mindful because my sister would always say, if you stay in a field long enough, you start to see the same people. So just oh, be mindful yes. of that. So, Absolutely. you know, like if when she was in pharmaceutical sales for or pharma, um, she's a scientist, for example, she was like, yo, when she's now lives in Chicago, but when she was in Jersey and she had an internship, she ended up being interviewed by, you know, one of the women that she had an internship with. So people, you're young in that you, you just want to be mindful, like, oh, you're the one who left me with all the work. Yeah, yeah, girl, you're not getting this job. So you just want to be mindful of that as well, that. If you're going to stay in that same in- industry, you know, you, you will likely see those same people again. So j- just doing your best, but don't put yourself in harm's way in order to make sure the company is okay. As someone who has employed two of my previous bosses, I can agree with you. <laughs> I very love small that. World. As freelancers. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and do your, put your best foot forward. Tell them that you can help them find a replacement. You know, take your time to think about how you can pass on your duties, like make their, make their jobs easier. If you, if you respect them, you know, show them how you've thought through your transition and how you're going to help them with your transition. Um, so you can at least let the medicine go down a little bit smoother, but congratulations. You're in your twenties. This is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, it is. Did I tell you guys how I got a job at a newspaper and then I quit two weeks after I started to go to New York. Sometimes that's how it be. They're fine. (laughs) Gainesville times. Are you still around? Yes, you are. You are just, just (laughs) fine. Someone else went to those board of education meetings. That wasn't me. And the world kept on spinning. All right. Well, thank you, Autumn, for your question. And we'll leave it there. Thank you guys. Uh, Again, Instagram at Brown Ambition Podcast, where you can hit us up on our Gmail at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. So I'm going to boosty boosty up. Um, first, I'm going to boost up my anniversary was yesterday. Three years down, forever to go. How cliche. Um, but I have to say, like, I'm not really, um, you know what? Let me not say that. I'm learning that sometimes I tell myself, oh, I don't really care about things like that. But I'm like, is that true? Or are you just psyching yourself out? I'm learning this from my business coaching, where sometimes I preemptively accept less so I won't be disappointed. So anyway, I to say all that to say, I wasn't expecting anything. But uh, Superman actually had like planned. And that turned out later, like all my friends call me. They're like, did you enjoy it? Did you like it? And I'm like, what? So apparently he called everybody like a month ahead of time and was planning this. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's so sweet. I know. Put so in some effort. Yeah. So, well, we, we went like plant shopping earlier in the day because I was like, I killed all the plants. Let's buy some new ones that I can kill. <laughs> um, and then, then we had like lunch and we ate it at, um, as we were eating it in the park, I was like, babe, literally three years ago, this is the park where we took our pictures. So it just was so ironic that we were back in the same park where we took our um our pictures before we got married. And then I just thought that was it, that we were just going to kind of like chill. I took a nap. And when I woke up, my sister was like, Ooh, let's, let's go to our friend's house. And I was like, okay, rando. But it turned out um, Superman was like, can you get Tiffany out of the house? And he hired Vonda. If you heard me talk about her before, it's because Vonda was, she, yes, she catered my, um, my wedding. And um, so your 40th party, right? Yes. So the fact that he hired her to do like just a a two person dinner and all of mine was seafood and he got a steak and like because the table was so like literally we have these um, these pocket doors. So I walked in and like he opened the pocket doors and it was like candles and ambiance and beautifully beautiful plate setting and i know superman does not know salad fork from dinner fork i was like who set this plate (laughs) and it was just honestly so beautiful and like candles outside so it was inside dinner but then outside just like um we just bought this new outside couch and there were like candles and flowers and 
Superman because, you know, it's hood level. We got up in here. Um, when I went upstairs, um, while we were there, <laughs> he bought me the Jordan five, the Jordan retro fives. I was like, oh, that Wait, was like my kid. Is that a pair of shoes? <laughs> yeah, Jordans. They're just Jordans, girl. I didn't, okay. I mean, I only know the retro fives because I heard him tell somebody on the phone, yeah, I got her the retro fives. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> but anyway, they were cute. <laughs> Did you want the Jordan retro fives? <laughs> I don't know. I Because one day. I can't picture you in. Like, I, I thought we were Rothy's girls. I am. And honestly, well, because what it is is that one day um, Supergirl had on some really cute sneakers. And I'm like, oh, those are cute. And she's like, oh, these are Jordans. I was like, oh, yeah. I, oh, you know, I see that because that's a little man jumping in the back. And so Superman <laughs> since then has been on the hunt for those Jordans. I mean, they're cute. But, you know, honestly, I, I think they're adorable. But it's not something I would have picked out for myself. And he knows yeah. that. So she just got them for me. And I just thought that was really sweet because from two years ago, hearing me say that Supergirl's Sneakers were cute while she was 11. I have them now. (laughs) I love that. I feel like that's when my husband gets excited when I express any interest in any type of gadget. Like once every three years, I'll be okay to get a new iPhone or something. And then he gets really excited about picking it out and setting it up for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was just really, honestly, it just, the effort involved and the sweetness. And yeah, I just, it was honestly like one of our best anniversaries. I mean, we always have good anniversaries, but it just was really nice because it was our first one in the house. And we were just sitting there just kind of like soaking in with all the craziness that's happened out there. It was mm-hmm. just a time of like reflection and gratefulness and like I have a really awesome life, not because of stuff, but because of the people in it. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Amen. You know, Facebook reminded me that it was your anniversary because it's also the same day as my husband's birthday. Yes, I saw that. And I don't know what was happening in 2017, but I must have thought it was a lot. I didn't know what was coming in 2020 because <laughs> my comment was like, it's t- in times like crazy times like these, you got to appreciate days filled with love and gratitude congrats to my bff tiffany on her wedding and all that and um if only i could have known i know and i mean that even more today you have got to hang on to those beautiful moments yes beautiful moments um i did zero and i mean negative things for my husband's birthday but luckily his family his birthday was the same day as your anniversary but last week was father's day y'all and i put all my energy into father's day and i've kind of forgot about his birthday so I think it's fine. His parents like came over. There was a cake. His brother traveled from D.C. It was lovely. Oh, that's Um, nice. Yeah. So we did a little something, something with masks on. Well, that's beautiful. Congrats. Another year of super love. (laughs) I love that. Hashtag super love. Super love. (laughs) All right. Well, then I'll steal the BET slash Beyonce (laughs) Black Pride uh, visual album news. Have you seen the trailer for her visual album that's coming out? Is it super black? It's well, of course, blackly black, black, black. No, it's well, it's it's. I'm confused. I don't know why it's coming out now, but it was it was a visual album to go along with the Lion King, the gift, that um, record that she released in in conjunction with the movie. Was that last summer? Oh, it feels like year, a million years ago. So anyway, it's a visual album. The trailer, I think, it's coming out on Disney Plus. But apparently, I missed. First of all, I don't like what, up is down, left is right. So I'd forgot all about award shows or that they were even happening. But the BET Awards got rave reviews. On social media, so I need to go yes. figure out how does how do they even do a award show? I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch it on because I didn't. I guess they were on TV, but I just watched because BT put like full clips on their IG, like you know, like IGTV. So I just was watching everyone's full set, and it was beautifully produced, amazing. I'm like, what? They need was to do he, more digital was shows. Stalin in the desert was that pre-tape? Like, yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> was that live? I don't understand. It was a, it, honestly, like it was amazing. Video. So like, literally just oh, go okay. to BT and just click on their, um, 
their IGTVs and just settle in and watch. They were beautiful. Oh, okay. What was your favorite? Um, I really liked Meg The Stallion. There was a guy, uh, he his voice was so good. You know what it is? Um, and I, so many people I had never heard of before because, you know, I'm getting old. Um, mm. But what I really liked was the clear social commentary. Like, they didn't shy away from saying the thing. You know what I mean? I was yeah. really just, but there was one guy in particular that his voice was just... Uh, so I had to go and follow him. The video was like him and another rapper guy, but his voice in particular just moved me. I'm like, can, can I find him? Go find um, him. I don't. I. I. I don't. I'm guessing remember. it wasn't Usher. I heard Usher performed. No, 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 it wasn't. Although I mean, that was you know that was nice, but it was the baby actually had a really cool video. But um, the baby, the fact that I'm saying that is just doesn't it sound old. <laughs> the baby, <laughs> you know, you're getting old. The baby had a. <laughs> Do you go by baby or duh? Like, no, it's one? literally the baby. Um, yeah, where I had to because his voice. Well, one there's this this um this guy named um John uh, Mick Reynolds. He's a, a a gospel singer who's awesome. But I'm telling you, there was this one guy. It was so melodic and it was uh it, it was almost like they were showing them. So I think it was called Lockdown. Someone's gonna tell me the name of the song, but it, oh, I found it. So it was Lockdown by Anderson Pack featuring J Rock. And it was just to me, it was beautiful. Oh, and I so, mm-hmm. it was. Um, so yeah. So if you are scrolling through BT's IG stories, like just click on their IG story button, and you can watch Lockdown. It was just to me, it was just a, a it was a very poignant presentation, but it was just melodic and real, like so much of it. And then Amanda Seals did such a great job with um, with um, hosting. I just love how they did oh, all the she throwbacks. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Okay, I'm fascinated. I need to go. You have to now. go watch because what she did too is they recreated some iconic BT moments like um, BT Comic View, 106 and Park, B2. It was just so well done. And yeah, you have to, it was just so well done. Okay, no spoilers except for the Beyonce thing. <laughs> um, oh, that's really exciting. Well, I'm glad that BET rose to the occasion. Yes. I should have watched that last night instead of the really disturbing Malcolm X documentary on Netflix that I decided to get really depressed about (laughs) that was a bad choice but a woke choice okay i'm gonna get caught up on bet asap all right well we are 12 minutes over it's 10 p.m on a monday and you're talking to me and i love you for it thank you i love you showing up life is crazy yes not crazier than the people who shoot these damn firecrackers at 10 o'clock at night we had our first firecracker incident last night molly will never be the same oh Poor Molly. Yeah. I don't understand. It's not even like, why are people, is I, it just, a, is it like a thing? It's a it's thing. Cool it's a, it's a thing. And I just want to meet the demands of whoever this is and say, <laughs> what do you need? You ha- you could have all the things. Just please stop. 10, are 11. Our nerves not frayed enough. I know. Cause I'm like, are they shooting? And Jarrell's like, no, it's firecrackers. I'm like, okay. But well, how he tell the know? difference. He's like, you would know the difference. I'm like, how do you know the difference, sir? But is either that way. that white couple in the mansion in St. Louis who are <laughs> pointing their little pistol in their, and what is it, an AK? I don't know. Is that AR-15? I don't know these assault weapon terminologies. That clip was so disturbing. I didn't see that. You didn't see St. Louis protesters. You need to look at it real quick. It's funny how, like, you, I feel like. You can miss so much craziness because everything is crazy and the world's on fire in every state right now. But anyway, there's this viral clip. Our own president, um, he who must not be named, retweeted uh, this video. Uh, Anyway, it's a St. Louis protesters. They were protesting the mayor of St. Louis because apparently in public remarks, she she named addresses and full names of people who came out in support of criminal justice reform on her Facebook page. 
So people were protesting and asking for a resignation. They were they dared to walk by this mega mansion in St. Louis. And the couple who owns the mansion came out looking like, I mean, the juxtaposition of what they look like in that mansion. I mean, it was just like a highbrow, lowbrow moment. But homegirl was holding a small pistol very, like, I, I can't even tell you how she was holding it. Like, she was just holding their TV remote, just swinging it around. And that guy was holding his uh, assault rifle and pointing it at the protesters as they're walking by, like, legit pointing it. Oh and God. this clip went viral. And I'm just, and, and there's so many memes right now. And it's fucking sad. And I don't know what our country has come to, but that's okay now. And the president retreats it as if, hey, look <sighs> at this good yes. thing. Oh, yeah. he He also retweeted. Uh, a clip of someone yelling white power and then tried to pretend like he didn't hear that part. No. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening in America. I just wear a mask. Save yourselves. You guys. I just, (laughs) okay. You know what? I'm going to retreat back to my goodness. Sorry. Wait, tell me again about your dinner. Okay. Seafood. Delicious. I mean, crab legs. It was shrimp gumbo. It was so delicious. And the fact that he remembered that I don't eat meat and it was potatoes and asparagus and it was amazing. And, you know, I don't drink, but, you know, he had mimosas made because that's like, if I am going to drink, that's like the little bit that I will have like a little champagne with a little orange juice. So that was nice. And it was just, just nice to unplug. And I, yeah. So that was that. I was like, oh, and we danced outside to old school love songs. Oh, did I tell oh, you that? Oh, no, you keeping the cutest part. I know. With a little two-step. It was just really like, <laughs> honestly, it was just, it was nice to just retreat to nothing but like, you know, blessings, because I know you have to put on the armor of God to get out here in this, in this world, which I'm willing. But, you know, sometimes you just need a peace for yourself where it's not a shit show. So black love, man, black love, super love. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, congrats on your third anniversary. Go get some rest. Everybody take care of yourself. Get some rest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.